here we are, after a long lap-churning run coming into the final laps. Just one more to go. Around once more into the last turns. And across the finish line, the winner. They're all winners, right from the starting line down to the finish. My name is DJ Supercharger. And my name is MC V8. <laughs> we were hoping to be joined on this edition of the show by MC Catalytic Converter, but unfortunately he broke down on the way over. Ah, well. <laughs> yes, as you might have gathered, dear listener, this is a show entirely for petrol heads and fans of the burning rubber, as it's a show entitled... Hot Wheels! A show entirely about the world of the automobile. And with every track having some tenuous or otherwise connection to that wonderful world, in amongst all of the uh, Petrolhead music, though, we do have MCV8 and his unnecessary news. That's right. This week, please extinguish your pipes before entering the future. <laughs> we are going to put the key in the ignition uh, and start off with a wonderful bit of French library music from the great uh, Jacques Arel and Pierre Dutour. As they bring you a tune of theirs called Top Rally. jovial and unthreatening sound of Jacques Arreal and Pierre Dutoux with the top rally there. A very, very easygoing rally, <laughs> wasn't it? Really, yes. I mean, it, it wasn't relaxed, right? I mean, no. it was, but it was upbeat. Yeah. And not at all frightening. And a 40 mile an hour rally. <laughs> I didn't feel at any time that I was going to hurtle into a tree <laughs> or kind of skid round endlessly on black ice <laughs> no. or roll, roll the car into a kind of tiny ball, No, as occasionally happens. Safe hands, aren't they? 
But not say are. the pedestrian. Oh, no. Splendid. I think the only place I've seen that is on Luke Vibert's album, Further Nuggets. Strangely, it doesn't seem to have come up on Jacques Arrain's own uh, compilation reissue. And we're going to continue having a bit of a car chase for this next tune. This is an Italian, Italian soundtrack album by a, a Liverpudlian <laughs> gentleman, strangely enough. Emerson's Academy, you, you located this next uh, piece. I did. It's highlighted an individual who I think we, merits more attention. Douglas Meakin. Not quite. Albert Douglas Meakin, born in Liverpool, 1945. He toured Italy with the uh, rock band The Motowns, and he decided to stay. He married an Italian dancer called Rita. <laughs> and he was uh, an active session musician and the lead vocalist on some of Italy's extremely successful disco projects, such as Crazy Gang, Easy Going, <laughs> yes. Tracks. <laughs> and various other ones. He's uh, written and performed film soundtracks with Ennio Morricone. Apparently, yes. He's uh, well known in Italy for his television themes, mostly for Japanese cartoons. Yes. One of his bands is called Super Robots, yeah. Yes, we have to find out more about this man, who yeah. apparently occasionally records himself under the name of Sir Albert Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of yeah. relatively similar yes. sort of pseudonymous he's, he's been up to stuff he has he's been up to a few things I like this guy it's like he's been recording from the sort of well I guess the late 60s mid 70s and doing lots of soundtrack work including this next tune from the originally from the film called Pia Donno Los Biro from the album Best of Bud Spencer and Terence Hill Volume 1 not quite sure what they don't seem to bother mentioning <laughs> Albert sure. himself on there yeah, but they are Anyway, (laughs) this is a track of his called Car Chase, uh, Margelina.
That was the splenetic sound of Albert <laughs> Douglas Meakin with Car Chase and Margelina mm. from the best of Bud Spencer and Terence Hill, Volume 1. He's somebody worth seeking out more. Oh, He's got I think a nice so. beardy face. He has. He's been spending time in Italy. That was amazing. It was. Very, very good. Well found, sir. Muscular. We need to hear more by Mr. Meakin. Oh, sorry, Sir Albert sir Douglas. Sir Albert Douglas. <laughs> Have some respect. Albert, Sir Albert <laughs> Douglas Me- Meakin. You are listening uh, to the High Octane <laughs> edition of Project Moonbase, a weekly show you can download from our website, more information about which shortly. If you wish to find out when that episode is available, you can go and follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Project Moonbase. But if you wish to find out more about the show... We do have our very own website. Yes, head on over to projectmoonbase.com where you'll find everything you need to know about the show and how to contact us. You'll see a list of all the tracks we play and links to where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, please subscribe, review the show and click five stars. We very much appreciate it. Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show. If you're thinking of making a purchase on Amazon, you'd be doing us a great favour by going to our website, clicking on the Amazon affiliate button in the top right-hand corner, and making your purchase. It doesn't uh, cost you anything. It's entirely anonymous, and it keeps us in Swarovski crystal-encrusted spinners. I'll do that again. And it keeps us in Swarovski crystal-encrusted spinners. Thanks, everybody, for listening and recommending us to your friends. If you enjoy the show, you can make a tiny but perfectly formed monthly donation. If you go to the bottom of every uh, episode, as it's listed on projectmoonbase.com, you'll see a button which says donate one pound. What can you get for a pound? Nothing. But it does keep this show going. Mm. And now we're going to play a version of a very well-known tune, originally made a huge hit by uh, the band called The Stringalongs in 1960. It's a song called Wheels. It's an instrumental number. Hundreds of versions of this have been made. We, of course, are going to play a version by a mostly amusical trio from the 70s called The Shags. I'm sure (laughs) familiar with many of our listeners, but this is, I think, the only cover version they uh, did on their album. Because mostly, yes, mostly they did their own... I hesitate to use the word songs, but... Uh, compositions, com- shall we say. Com- compositions. <laughs> they not only did their own compositions, but they created their own form of music. <laughs> they did. Which is similar to music, but you know, <laughs> subtle, subtle differences. Well, sort of parallel universe. I'm surprised we haven't played the Shags more often, to I be know, honest. I know. Well, they they have a slightly, slightly divisive effect on our audience, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... <laughs> this next one is relatively uh, listenable. It is uh, the Shags with their version of Wheels. The sweetly pedestrian sound of the shags there and their <laughs> version of wheels. They made mm. it their own, didn't they? They did. 
they took it apart and they put it together, but they didn't put it together quite right. A little bit left over, and there were some other bits that just didn't quite go together. It was never the same again, was it, after they took it apart and put it back together? Yeah. Awesome. I believe Dot Wiggin of the Shags is actually um, playing occasional gigs with the Dot Wiggin band. So uh, you can still wow. see at least a Shag in action. And I did hear, I don't know whether that ever happened to this, there was supposed to be a film made, wasn't there, of the Shags with Drew Barrymore involved, I think, but I don't know what happened to that. Hopefully that will see the light of day eventually. I don't know, maybe they listened to the album and they were like, oh. <laughs> we shouldn't do that after all. Yeah, they're the sort of musical equivalent of Ed Wood. <laughs> and, and Ed Wood was a good film, wasn't it? <laughs> That was, a, yes. that was a good film. Yes, it was. So if, if there's no real logic behind no. this, this is just a brain fart that I see where we're going, yes. It might be all right. I think it would be great. <laughs> now, dear listener, it is time for us, for the first time on this week's show, to pull in for a pit stop of unnecessary news. Former IT specialist claims to be Jesus. Of course. Hmm. A man claiming to be Jesus is gaining followers and causing concern among cult experts in Australia. Former IT specialist Alan John Miller, or AJ as he prefers to be known, <laughs> runs a religious movement known as Divine Truth from his home near the small town of Kingaroy in Queensland. Mr Miller claims that not only is he Jesus, but his partner, Mary Luck, is Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Hmm. I have clear memories of the crucifixion, but it wasn't as harrowing for me as it was for the others, like Mary, who were present, he said. Okay. When you are one with God, you are not in a state of fear, and you have quite good control over your body's sensations and the level of pain that you absorb from your body, he says. <laughs> well, that's good to know, isn't it? Yes. Mr. Miller holds seminars near his home and travels around the world teaching people how to have a personal relationship with God. Mm. Dozens of his followers are understood to have bought properties in the area oh, to yes. be closer to him. After his crucifixion, the Australian <laughs> claims he entered the spirit world where he met Plato, Socrates, <laughs> popes and presidents. <laughs> Popes and presidents. That's a bit vague, isn't it? Which popes? Yeah, Which we, presidents? I we mean, need to know. Can't you just pull a few names out? Do you not know any popes? Do you not know? They're all called Paul and John and <laughs> Ringo or something anyway, aren't they? And presidents, you could pull a few out of there. Mm. You know, just, just look in a book. He met some presidents. But he didn't... That's, impre that's both impressive and kind of a bit sad that you couldn't... remember, couldn't remember any. Yeah, I met some presidents. I think if you met some presidents, you'd be like... Lincoln, yeah, <laughs> big pals, or, you know, me and uh, John Adams. But you can't even be bothered to remember their name. I think Jesus would remember their names, don't you? Anyway, he also says he remembers performing miracles. So he does remember some things. He remembers performing miracles. I did resurrect quite a number of people, including a friend of mine called <laughs> Lazarus, who most people know, as it is mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> yes. All right. That's right. So what you're saying is you could have read that in the Bible yourself and just repeated it. What about the stuff that's not in the Bible? That's the important. Exactly. Thing. What about Gary? What about uh, what, a, what about Terry? You know, we don't hear much about them. Do we? Nobody knows anything about them. You, you might surprise us if you brought those up. <laughs> Whilst critics dismiss his claims, the seminars attract up to 150 people a time. British woman Louise Favor, 39, a former neuroscientist. Uh, she's given up her career <laughs> to be closer to the couple. It's just nice to, instead of being surrounded by people who think you are nuts, to be surrounded by people who are nuts. I mean, <laughs> no. 
to uh, to be surrounded by people who understand what you are going through and the difficulties of trying to deal with all the emotional stuff, she said. Mm, can imagine. The Reverend David Millican, who met A.J. Miller, has studied cults for over 30 years. He said, uh, the danger is you'll be drawn closer and closer into his web to a point that you lose all access to your social life. You spend all your money. You have the curses of your family ringing in your ears. <laughs> and you may well lose your relationship. Oh, the curses of your family yeah. ringing in your ears. Uh, I know that feeling well. <laughs> Mr. Miller says, all we do is present seminars and answer people's questions. I still, for the life of me, can't quite understand where the cult thing has come from. <laughs> I'm guessing it comes from the fact that you say you're the reincarnation of Jesus. <laughs> I think that might be it. He added, there are lots of people in the first century who didn't believe that I was the Messiah and were offended by what I said. In fact, I died at the hands of some of them. <laughs> uh, did you? Or did you just read that in the Bible along with that Lazarus thing? And you just keep bouncing back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is Jesus. How would I know? But why would Jesus appear in Australia? There's hardly anybody else in Australia, isn't there? I'm back. It's me, Jesus. I'm in the middle of a New Mexico desert or something. Oh, there's nobody around. No. Yeah, maybe you should appear in somewhere a bit more populated. Mm. Research build machine that identifies music after hearing only three notes. Can you identify a Beethoven sonata number nine after hearing a mere three notes? Probably not. How would you know, writer of this article, who I am reading out and yet furious at? But a group of computer scientists and music scholars have built a machine that can do just that. The team, composed of Pablo Rodriguez Zivic, Fabio Chifres, and Guillermo Cecchi, has developed an algorithm capable of identifying patterns across distinct periods of Western music based on semitones and notes. Well, that sounds plausible. <laughs> Beyond its musical application, the machine represents tantalizing possibilities for research into disorders that affect speech. For example, current medical methods are capable of recognizing vocal patterns common in early stages of Parkinson's. Oh, God. I, I hope they don't run it across this... <laughs> This news thing. Well, I'm really uh, not sure I want to know the results. The whole show is a bit uh, vulnerable. <laughs> really, it's a little bit of like, um, yeah, um, uh, what? Yes, but the trio hopes to utilise their project for even earlier detection of Parkinson's. So in other words, it can hear Parkinson's stuff in, in, a, voice. in a voice that mm. doesn't seem to have Parkinson's. Extraordinary. So uh, science will soon be able to say, hey, I know you feel okay now, you look okay, you can talk okay, and you're compass mentis, but uh, Parkinson's is coming. It's coming. It's coming for you. You're welcome. Great. Thanks, science. Thank you, science. Maybe, maybe I'd like that to be a surprise. And how about a kettle that looks like Hitler? Now, okay, this is funnier if you can see the picture. Uh, at least that's a judgment of social news websites where a picture of the J.C. Penny advert for Michael Graves-designed Bells and Whistles stainless steel tea kettle, yours for only £35, has been doing the rounds. Uh, if you squint your eyes, let's face it, you can make anything look like Hitler. <laughs> but to the picture soon went viral with online commentators making jokes about the unfortunate product. On Twitter... Public interest wrote, Polly put the kettle on, trial for crimes against humanity, question mark. <laughs> Not the wittiest response. <laughs> Not really, this no. is a bit better. Hyper Vocal said, I'm a little Nazi, sure tensed out, here's my handle, here's my spout. <laughs> ah, Nazi kettles. I wonder how it'll sell. I'd send the police round, wouldn't you, after you picked that up. You enjoying your Nazi kettle, are you, sir? Eh? Eh? Your anti-Semitic kettle? You're you hating tea? <laughs> you terrible individual. Why can't you get a nice, non-bigoted kettle like a normal person? You have been used. 
Mayor Basalts. Thank you, Mr. Cunningham. Thank you, sir. With that steamy selection of news stories, there'll be more later on in the show. was a forward-thrusting action drive by the great uh, band leader and keyboard player Johnny Pearson, originally on KPM 1076 Speed and Excitement, which you can uh, thankfully now get in uh, download form. I think it popped up on an exclusive blend blow-up uh, compilation CD as well. Magnificent stuff there, some delicious keyboard work. Now, moving to the exotic west coast of America, the splendid sound of formerly Hungarian guitarist Gabe Zsabo. Formerly Hungarian. Hungarian. <laughs> Did you used to be Hungarian? Did you used to be? You can get this on a number of compilations, or I think on the original album, Sophisticated Wheels. This is the great Gabe Zsabo. Thank you. 
are you or have you ever been Hungarian? <laughs> yes, that was Gabba Jabo with Sophisticated Wheels from California Dreaming Jazz Exotica. Mm. He's great, isn't he, Gabba? He is. I love, love Gabba Jabo. That's a great compilation. Lots of great stuff on there, including a couple of tracks by Emil Richards. No less. Now we're going to play a track which is a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit predictable in a way, but I don't think we've ever played it on the show before. 25 years old. But as fresh as a daisy. This is the great James Taylor Quartet with their treatment of a certain Jimi Hendrix number. Very high octane pedal to the metal tune called One Way Street. was the James Taylor Quartet there with One Way Street. And it bared a sort of slight similarity to a certain Hendrix track, Cross Town yeah. Traffic. Yeah, slightly, slightly. I mean, deviated here and there, but it really <laughs> did. If I were Hendrix, I would be coming back for them. A glimmer in my eye. Mm, with a litigious attitude about you. Possibly a lawyer at my, a lawyer at my side. <laughs> zombie Hendrix is back. He's lawyered up. Has he got a zombie lawyer with him as well? Well, I don't think that's quite necessary. <laughs> no, no. Let's not, not be silly. No. Now we're going to play a, another fantastic piece of uh, car chase funk. A slightly <laughs> unexpected version of a very well-known theme tune. Well, they're kind of known for being a sort of a band of twanging guitarists who have been operating since, I think, think the late 50s. Of course, The Ventures. They actually recorded a whole album of TV themes, including a version of the theme to Starsky and Hutch. This is That's a great theme. It is a great theme. 
Not a tune that you'd expect to hear being done by the Ventures, of course, but this is an album that came out in 77. Rather delightfully for us, it doesn't just have guitars, but it has what I think is a rather lovely Moog synthesizer. Hello. <laughs> working throughout as well. So anyway, this is the uh, eyebrow-raising Ventures with their version of Starsky and Hutch. the Ventures with their rather eccentric version of the Starsky and Hutch theme. I think yeah. they did a pretty good job there, didn't they? Did. From the album Batman theme and TV themes. Mm. A nice twofer you can get on the CD. Now, dear listener, it's time for us to take a sudden left down a back alley, smash through some cardboard boxes, and do a handbrake turn into the chop shop of unnecessary news. German Railway to deploy anti-vandal drones. And in another example of drones entering the commercial market and a new and troubling way to use these devices in our chilling dystopian present. 
At least one country is about to get a very real taste of drone policing, primarily targeting artists. Oh. Well, we all know that artists need to be chased around they by do. tiny helicopters, tiny robot helicopters. They're a threat to Western civilization. Of course. According to a report from the BBC, Germany's national railway company, Deutsche Bahn, plans to deploy a fleet of drones in an attempt to decrease the amount of graffiti at the company's train station. The drones will reportedly use infrared cameras to capture footage of anyone graffitiing the company's property and the footage will be used to prosecute the offending scribbler. It's interesting, since Germany has a firm stance on privacy rights, and uh, recently officials increased scrutiny of the privacy policies of companies such as Facebook and Google, and Google got into a lot of trouble with Street View. Many residents have uh, forced Google to blur out their homes so they cannot be viewed doing filthy German stuff <laughs> on Google Maps Street View. With sausages. Yeah. Germans have uh, many weird habits and do enjoy sausages and releasing albums where they pretend to be Brazilians. <laughs> the world is watching to see what Germany's reaction will be. It seems weird that we're all waiting to see if the Germans' reaction will help safeguard our freedoms, but... All right. Now time's something, changed. Something new. In other news, with the death in Barbados of James Emmanuel Doc Cisnet at the age of 113, 13 years and 90 days... Jiryomon Kimura of Japan has become the last man alive to have been born in the 19th century. <laughs> Super centenarians oh. are people who have lived past their 110th birthday, and while it's estimated that there may be two to three hundred living today, only 60 have been verified. Of them, only two, Mr. Kimura and a Japanese woman, Misao Oke Okawa, are known to be uh, still living aged 115 or older. Oh, wow. Being born in year 30 of the Meiji period, Mr. Kimura has lived in the reigns of four emperors and through the premierships of 61 Japanese prime ministers, which I will list for you now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> there are, according to a gerontology research group at UCLA, 21 women born before the New Year's Day 1901 who are still with us. And most of them are living in the United States or Japan. But while the females born in the reign of Queen Victoria strongly outnumber Mr. Kimura, born on April 19th, 1897 has one record the girls can't match at 116 the uh, super centenarian is the oldest human on the planet so there we go he retired in 1962 <laughs> age 65 <laughs> after working 45 years in the japanese post office he now lives in koyotango kyoto prefecture with his eldest son's widow 83 oh likes a young lady doesn't he and his uh, grandson's widow, 59, and attributes his long life to eating small portions of food and admits to spending most of his time in bed. Well, we have that in common. <laughs> anyway. The super centenarians, of course, are smack bang in the middle of our age demographic, aren't they? They are. I think, I th I'd like to think we have them all listening <laughs> at any one time. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Go back to bed. You can listen to this in bed. That's a great thing about it, if you so are a super centenarian. We've just recently picked up an 84-year-old listener, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> listening to one uh, episode. Yeah, a listener of one episode. Or a portion it? of one episode. Yes. Yeah. Hello. And finally, could beard advertising be the next big thing? Yes, beard growing enthusiasts could be raking in the cash thanks to this new advertising concept. Aside from keeping your face warm and looking cool, <laughs> your bushy beard could also help boost your bank balance. Beard advertising has been tipped to become the next big thing in advertising and involves using a willing participant's epic facial hair as a mini billboard. 
That's good news for lumberjacks and hipsters with Kentucky-based advertising agency Cornetti IMS offering men $5 a day to wear a clip-on advert in their beard. <laughs> do people stare at its awesomeness? Of course they do. Read the official beard advertising website. Do you want to get paid for having an epic beard? Join the world's first beard advertising network. <laughs> it's simple. Turn your beard into a business. Hang a beard board, patent pending, in your beard. Sit back and get paid $5 a day. Company executive Whit Hiller said the firm has been inundated with requests from beard growers across the world. I think it's the next big thing, he told Business Insider. Everybody loves beards. <laughs> we're getting a ton of email from guys with epic beards who want to host beard boards and we're actually in talks with some brands that want beardvertising. <laughs> And it's good to know that in these times of economic hardship, at least your beard can have a job. It can. You have been used! Impact Brechius. Thank you, Mr. Cunningham. Thank you, sir. For that particularly hasilt selection of news stories, there'll be more on next week's show.
And that was, of course, the theme tune to the recent film Drive. <laughs> if only. If only. More Hollywood blockbusters should make use of library music, I think, yeah. from the 60s and 70s. That was a selection from the fantastic two-CD upgraded version of Girl in a Suitcase, another one of the many wonderful releases by uh, Stephen Wills at Winchester Hospital Radio. A track apparently originally used as a theme to the Charlie Chester show. Of course. Sure. Everybody knows Charlie. I'm sure it was used for something else though, because it's very, it's a very famous, very well, very evocative piece of music called "Music to Drive By" by the Oscar Brandenburg Orchestra, and originally recorded for the KPM label. I imagine when they came up with that originally, music driving was something only done by <laughs> Mr. Toad. You know, it's one of those things where you just buy you just buy the base of the car, the running gear of the car, and then you get your own coach builder <laughs> to build some kind of opulent yes, bodywork for wooden it. frame for it. Yes, <laughs> you'd have one of those. <laughs> you would, and peasants would scatter in the roads when you came by, <laughs> bewildered by the iron horse. <laughs> And there'd be a nice hamper on the back. Mm, as wicker, of course. Wicker basket. You'd be drinking champagne as, as you were driving through the, uh, <laughs> the country lanes. That's right. Fabulously opulent stuff there. <laughs> Written by Alan Morehouse, I should mention, but by the Oscar Brandenburg Orchestra. I wonder if Oscar Brandenburg was a pseudonym of Alan Morehouse. Or an example of somebody pretending to be a German. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes somebody, it does. They flip the coin and it comes up German. Now, I was hoping and, and praying to find a, a, an entertaining cover version of that very famous Kraftwerk song, Autobahn. Mm-hmm. And I'm delighted to say that I found a German country band. It's a kind of German hillbilly version, played largely on the banjo. Hillbilly? <laughs> yes. German well, hillbillies. Kind of, it's all bluegrass, German bluegrass mm. band, called Fink. I had never heard of this band before, and I sadly they've, they're no longer recording, but they were recording from the late 90s into the early 2000s. This is from a 1999 album of theirs called Montshiner. It is a band called Fink, with their version of Autobahn.
And that was, of course, Autobahn, eh? <laughs> a version by Fink. <laughs> and that was what it would have sounded like if uh, Kraftwerk could play real instruments. <laughs> oh, meow. Meow. <laughs> meow. Oh, watch it. From the album Mondo Schreiner. Mm. I want to say Mondo Scheiße there. <laughs> everything, everything. Mondo Schreinhund. <laughs> yeah. We'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. <laughs> but a band I think we need to investigate for more Kraftwerk covers. <laughs> I like the sound. I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting <laughs> that. No. I have been a DJ supercharger, and I hope you've enjoyed revving the engines on this week's edition of Project Moonbase. I have been MCVA, and I hope you've enjoyed shifting through the gears of this episode. (laughs) Ah, wonderful stuff. We're going to leave you with uh, a final uh, car chase number. And another track that MC's you located for I us. did. I have a sneaking suspicion this might be DMX crew because it's on a label called Fresh Up Records, which releases a lot of his stuff and I think might even be run by him. So this might be him under another name. But it's, it's a splendid bit of dance electro nonsense. We don't know anything about the band, really. They're called BB2 or BBII. It's from an EP, I think, called Red Giant. And this is a track from it called Car Chase. Until next week, dear listener... Well, I think we retained our dignity.
wishing you were here. Next time on Project Moonbase, a postcard from the moon.